0: Good evening. Hello to the sun. To the moon. Here on planet Earth. And outside our solar system. Hello to the future. Hola to the past. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Coming to you from the overproduced podcast studios. Somewhere in the middle of Minnesota, here at the flutterflop.com studios. And today we are doing a very special, a unique, maybe a one off episode. Only time, if it's real, will tell. Only if there's interest. Will the show come back for episode two in Continued? Because this is the very first episode of Dirty Dog After Dark. Brought to you powered by Patreon.com slash W-I-W-C-O-O-L That is those who support when Itwascool.com and those who give on patreon.com slash dirty dog, M-E-S, this dog as in D-A-W-G. Those who support my main podcast, Wrestle with a Dog podcast, also on Patreon and on the When It Was Cool podcast network. You're probably wondering, Dirty Dog, what is up with this? Dirty Dog After Dark Show. We saw on Twitter that you had this idea put it out there that if people want to call in to slide in your DMs on Twitter, ask for the studio lines in the overproduced podcast studios to talk to you live. Well, live to tape, tape to the internet, internet for distribution why would we want to do such a thing? And I appreciate that you asked. Because I, as I'm sure all of you know, I host, as Drake and King Carl of it was cool duck I would say a very success, successful Nostalgia Wrestling Podcast. I am just like Drake and King Carl a.k.a. Carl Stern, a wrestling historian. I've done over 200-plus wrestling podcasts of Russ with a Dog for Flutterflop.com, a olive branch on the tree that is WhatItWasCool.com, birthed by Dragon King Carl and his wonderful wife, Miss Tanya Stern. I also was a co-host of Main Event Status Radio, Another nostalgia wrestling podcast they did with my best friend from college, Mr. Beverly Hills, where we re- where we reviewed different wrestling television shows, pay-per-views, reviewed whatever we were interested in, posted up at mid And I just say that, bring up those two podcasts. Because I am, I guess, in the wrestling historian podcaster bubble, and I want to branch out off the olive branch. I want to, I guess, pursue other interests. I have the paranormal, movies, music. Pop culture things are happening that touches me in the middle of Minnesota, in the heart and soul of the Midwest. I want to pursue something and put all my other interest in a podcast form to you guys. I guess to also see another side of me, the Dirty Dog Darcy at Dirty Dog MS on their Twitter machine. If you guys wanted to interact with me outside of the Patreon board at either WindowsCool.com or my podcast Russ with the Dog at flareflop.com. but I wanted to pursue other things, other topics, other interests, and encapsulated it with a live hot microphone. It'd be recorded, me taking calls off of Skype or other means, and. Mixing it together and putting out a audio show, I guess, to try to bring in a live format feel of wrestling was live with Mike Subravivi and Brian Alvarez, or a coast to coast AM with the former late Art Bell, now George Dory, or a faded black with, with uh, I'm having a brain fart, with uh, Jimmy Church. Jimmy Church with Fade of Black or The Kingdom of Nye with Heather Wade. I absolutely love different podcast shows, radio shows, Paranormal to Wrestling to anything else. I love the live aspect of people calling in and interacting with the host on different topics. Which is something I want to, I guess, bring into this podcast realm into the Overproofs Podcast Studios at flutterflop.com, where I'm recording live from on a Saturday night in the 70s, I believe, still in the middle of May of 2021. But I wanted to again branch out and interact with you guys about what some things that I am interested in, and I'll see share life with you guys interact with you guys to this medium as I mentioned at the start of the show if there's enough interest, if there's enough I guess yeah interest from you guys I'll try to make this into a regular show as of right now I'm going to do this as often as I could if it's once a month sweet if it's once whenever Like No Friender of the Thresh Metal Show. Also on the When It Was Cool podcast network, ThreshMetalShow.com for more information. If I feel like being like like No Friender, I'll do the show once a year, once a decade, once a lifetime, just to put something out whenever I feel like I have something to say. And that is why I want to bring this into an interactive format on Twitter. Bringing phone calls through Skype to have you guys also phone in with a live microphone at the other end and make this an interactive project. Make this be having a conversation, not just with me and my microphone, and down the road in the future, again, if time really exists. Have this be more of a one, not more of a one way conversation, but more of a group conversation conversation, a group effort, and if you guys want more of Dirty Dog After Dark, I need your guys' participation to make this more of a one-off thing, one-off podcast, a one-off monthly special on Patreon, or whatever else. I want this to be more of a regular situation, and I'm sure... Some of you guys know I live in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I mention that because something that I never thought would ever happen anywhere that I live in happened earlier this month on May the 7th, if I remember correctly, if not May the 6th. I know it was earlier this month of May of 2021 was a armed robbery in my hometown. St. Cloud, Minnesota is, has a population of roughly 60,000 people, I believe. I know it's a big college town. It is maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes northwest of Minneapolis-St. Paul and I-94. And since I've been in St. Cloud for the better part of 15 years... We never had a big riot or a issue like down in Minneapolis with George Floyd last year or anything like that. And having a armed robbery at a Wells Fargo bank, I never thought would ever come to anywhere where I live in, or live at. I used to. I grew up in you know either in Cambridge, Minnesota. East Bethel, Minnesota, or Wacka, Minnesota, which are all about an hour or so east of St. Cloud in a bunch of small towns. Maybe 5,000 people in it, 6,000 people when I was growing up in each town. East Bethel has, I think, maybe 10,000 people, but it's all spread out. East Bethel is a sleeper town. And so St. Cloud is probably the biggest town to go visit, if not maybe a Blaine or a Andover, some suburbs of the North Metro area of Minneapolis-St. Paul. And, like as I mentioned, I never expected to have any kind of armed robbery, a standoff with local police, FBI being brought in to deal with a situation like that. And I have an article pulled up from CNN.com with the headline reads, a suspect has been arrested and hostages released after an eight-hour standoff at a Minnesota bank, police say. And this w- this was last updated 2.49 p.m. Eastern time zone on Friday, May 7th, 2001. And the article goes on to read, A suspect who held five people captive during an eight-hour standoff at a Wells Fargo bank in St. Cloud, Minnesota, has been arrested and will be charged with aggravated robbery, kidnapping, and second-degree assault, authorities said. It was a peaceful uh, resolution, the best possible outcome we could have had, said St. Cloud Police Chief Brian Anderson. Four of the hostages were released, and the fifth hostage made a run for the door right before the tactical units from the St. Cloud Police Department and the FBI made a stim- simultaneous entry, and took the su- suspect into custody without incident, Adderson said. All the hostages w- were bank employees, according to the police. The hostages were uninjured and are safely at home, said St. Claude Mayor Dave Calais I hope I'm pronouncing the mayor's name, last name correctly. Police identified the suspect. I'm not going to say his name because it really doesn't matter. The suspect did not have a firearm and no firearm was found in the scene, the St. Cole police said. The Stearns County Attorney's Office told CNN that if the case remains in their jurisdiction, the suspect will be charged this afternoon. Stearns County Attorney uh, Janelle Kendall did not provide details on charges for the uh, suspect, but said she had been in contact with the U.S. Attorney's Office about the most appropriate place for charges to be brought. St. Cloud officers were called to the bank around 2 p.m. Central Thursday for reports of a possible robbery in progress, St. Paul Police said. The branch manager of the bank called police because there was a disgruntled male customer in the business, and he was concerned for the safety of the employees and customers, Anderson said. A short while later, police received a panic alert indicating a bank robbery was in progress, said Anderson. When we got there, we discovered that several people had already fled the bank, while five bank employees remained and were being held hostage, Anderson said. The motive was not known at the time of the press conference, and according to Anderson, Police are still investigating whether the hostage were being held at gunpoint. The chief also addressed a video that the suspect streamed live on social media during the incident when asked by a reporter if it was accurate to say he, the accuser, was taking some of the hostages' phones and then using that to go live on social media. That's accurate to say because it's already been placed out there on the demon, that social media demon. It made the job a little more difficult than it should have been, and it was it, it was what it was, said Anderson. Local, state, and federal law enforcement officers provided assistance during the standoff. Anderson praised the collaborative efforts of the teams involved, saying, I'm extremely proud of the men and women, not only only of the St. Cloud Police Department, but certainly from the FBI as well. Wells Fargo provided CNN with a statement that said in part, we are incredibly relieved and grateful that the situation has been resolved with no physical injuries to any of our employees or customers, unquote. And I wanted to bring that up, read that article, and talk about it because this Wells Fargo location that was, I guess, the scene of the robbery was a discussion point at my place of work that night because I work overnights in a warehouse at a delivery company that this was a discussion point because, again, St. Cloud, Minnesota never really had any big issues like this before, at least since I've been living here since 2006, when I moved to St. Cloud to go to college. Something that I... Was more or less, I guess shaken up on was. I drive by that Wells Fargo location, at least within a block or two, five days a week for my job because I, in the middle of my shift, right around eight o'clock at night, Central Time, I go and do about a dozen or so in-town pickups for my for my employer bring it back to the warehouse also unload my van. I love the freight that I just picked up and distributed to make sure it goes to where, was, where it was where it's intended to by the next business day and going around this armed robbery seeing all the flashing lights and the such got me a little shook up in the sense that something I seeing cops, with the lights on having somebody pulled over chasing somebody down the highway you know, go being called to a residential area for a dispute or whatever is a normal thing in any situation, any place, any town, at least here in Minnesota. Just something I never thought I would encounter would be a bank robbery. And what got me a thinking was obviously as I mentioned, the George Floyd case that happened last year in Minneapolis. Again it was about an hour or so driving an I-94 southeast of where I'm currently located in St. Cloud. But I just didn't want any riots to happen, like what happened out in Minneapolis, because of the whole George Floyd case. Mainly because I, this is so selfish, and I will admit that, I don't want something like that to happen where I live. Especially that my 65 year old mother, who is a survivor of two strokes, just recently moved back into town, and granted, I live closer to the situation, and I work closer to the situation than where she lives across town, but something like this concerns me because I don't want my 65-year-old mother to have to deal with this, or any other loved one that I have, and made me appreciate the St. Cloud Police Department as well as every other police department that helped with the situation, as well as the FBI, because this could have been a lot bigger situation. And I am happy that there wasn't any riots that occurred because because of this. And I mention that because, yeah, I never imagined anything like this happening where I grew up, where I live, where I work at. And I am thankful once again that something like this didn't blow up into something something worse. And another thing that I found to be very interesting are pop culture news notes. That if you are a listener of Rust with the Dog podcast, you know that... Has been a regular feature now for better part of the history of Russ with a Dog on the When It Was Cool podcast network. That I like to do a lot of pop culture things, talk about what's happened, like the number one single, number one album around whatever match I am discussing. And on a recent edition of Russ with a Dog podcast, talking about a Shawn Michaels match from March of 1995 leading up to his WrestleMania 11 match with Diesel for the WWF title I stumbled upon a pop culture note of a Jenny Jones show and Jenny Jones show was a popular daytime talk show in the early to mid 90's something that one of my brothers Nathan and I would used to watch on like over summer vacation over winter break if we weren't in school and Nate didn't have to work, and Nate was kind of help babysitting me when Mom was at work for the day, we would turn on the daytime TV shows just to see what's on. We'd watch a Jenny Jones show, or Ricky Lake show, or Montel Williams show, and something I remember watching a lot again was the Jenny Jones show, and. On a re- again on a recent edition of Rust with the Dog Podcast I found a taping of the Jenny Jones show that never never made air. And from uh, Wikipedia on March sixth, nineteen ninety-five, Scott Amore videotaped an episode of the Jenny Jones show in which he admitted to being a secret admirer of Jonathan Schmitz, who lived near him in Lake Oran, Michigan. Until the taping, Schmitz did not know who would be revealed as a secret admirer. Schmitz stated that he participated in the show due to curiosity, and he claimed later that the producers implied that his admirer was a woman, although the producers of the show claimed they did tell Schmitz that the admirer could be male or female. During the segment, Amour was encouraged by Jones ...to share his fantasies about Schmitz... ...which after Schmitz was brought on stage... ...according to the Washington Post... ...the two men exchanged an awkward embrace... ...before the host dropped her bombshell... ...in response to Moore's disclosure... ...Schmitz laughed... ...then stated that he was... ...completely heterosexual... ...and I want to stop there because... ...I... ...want to mention that the whole... Homosexuality on a national scene in the United States was starting to become a more of a more of a accepted thing in the nineties, because it's like over time, with a Elton John, for instance, more celebrities, more musicians coming out as being gay, it seemed like homosexuality is becoming more of a accepted thing in the public eye. And the whole Jenny Jones show, I think it was like the crush. I can't remember the exact tagline for uh, for that episode of the Jenny Jones show, but I'll say it never aired because several days after the taping, there was a murder. And again, back to Wikipedia, according to the footage of the murder trial, it was stated later by a friend of Amur's, that Amor and Schmitz went out drinking together the night after the taping and alleged sexual encounter occurred. Allegedly. According to the testimony at the murder trial, three days after the taping, Amor left a suggestive note on Schmitz's house. After finding the note, Schmitz withdrew money from a bank, purchased a shotgun, and then went to Moore's mobile home. He questioned Amor... Bolt the note. Schmitz then returned to his car, got his gun, and returned to Amur's trailer. He then shot Amur twice in the chest, killing him. After killing Amur, Schmitz left the residence, telephoned 911, and confessed to the killing. I wanted to mention that because I am happy Even more so now in 2021, it seemed like there isn't as much hate crime, I guess, on the LBGT LBGT plus community or any other hot topic, political, social issues like... Same-sex attraction or whatever else because of situations sadly like this. With this, I do have a clip that I pulled off from YouTube from WXYZ TV Detroit Channel 7 about the whole situation and Schmitz being released from prison 20 years later. Here is WXYZ-TV Detroit's news story about the Jenny Jones TV murder, Lessons Learned. What questions remain for the victim's family?
1: Let's have John come out here and see who has the crush on him. Here's
2: John. Detectives say the suspect told them a different story. The -the off-the-rails deadly drama played out here in Oakland County with a murder trial and the talk show on trial.
0: He was bullied on national television.
2: Jerry Sabota is one of the attorneys who represented then 26-year-old Jonathan Schmitz. He remembers how two of Schmitz's friends, Donna Riley and Scott Amador, along with TV producers, lured Schmitz on The Jenny Jones Show back in 1995.
0: They lie to him. He's going there on a first-class ticket to meet some beautiful woman.
2: The attorney says the video proves it. Look at Schmitz's body English when Scott Amador would hug him. That this awful shock of his life would be on national television for all to see.
1: Did you think Donna had the crush on you? Did I? No, we're good friends. Well, guess what? It's Scott that has the
2: crush on you. You lied to me. <laughs> Schmitz, his attorney says, tried to maintain his composure in the heat of the moment.
1: Are you involved with anybody? Or um, No, but I am uh, definitely a heterosexual, I guess you could say.
2: <laughs> the show never aired because the drama didn't end there in that Chicago TV studio. Three days after taping, Amador would put a love note on the door of Schmitz's apartment in Oxford Township, along with this flashing light. Schmitz then bought this shotgun, drove over to Amador's trailer, And killed him and called
1: 911. Okay, why did you do
0: that?
2: Frank Amador was at the scene of his brother's murder. He opens up to us what he still doesn't know,
1: why? What did Scott talk about to him just prior to you killing him? When you were shooting my brother, was that third shell intended for Gary Brady, the witness? Were you gonna kill yourself? Were you gonna just unload some more shots into my brother?
2: Schmitz had previous issues of being mentally unstable, even suicidal. It came out in his trial. The Jenny Jones producers didn't check. They kept pushing and they kept pushing. And pushed him to the brink. And pushed
1: him to the brink. The show was one of the causes of his
2: death. The drama escalated with this from officials. The Jenny Jones show ambushed this
1: defendant with humiliation. The tragedy that can result when you fool around with people's lives. That's by no means excuses the action that the defendant
2: took. Jenny Jones would now be the one answering the questions. The Amador family and attorney Jeffrey Figer sued, claiming the show was responsible.
1: I think the Bill Clinton-Monica Lewinsky scandal was much more lurid than this fantasy.
2: You're the one who asked that that fantasy be stated by Scott and then be played to John, aren't you? Yes or no? Yes. That jury awarded $25 million. It would be overturned on appeal no money.
1: They were more interested in protecting corporations than individuals but the symbol was important.
2: In the criminal case Jonathan Schmitz was sentenced to 25 to 50 years for second degree murder. And maybe he deserves
1: some sympathy. I mean it, it shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have been tricked and lied to.
2: This would be the only time he would speak publicly.
0: I like to say the word sorry and the word sorry is a very powerful word.
2: Schmitz would spend two decades quietly behind bars. He was released early, a year and a half ago, for good behavior. If you get out of prison, on parole for murder, and you want to live a low-key life, this is the place to do it, in the country, well north of Metro Detroit. All we know is, Schmitz lives with his family outside of Lapeer. Nobody we talked with out here. Says they know him. We had the right house in the back. Nobody answered the door. I'm certainly isolated out here. Frank Amador and his family also live in Lapeer.
1: I'm not looking forward to bumping into him someday. Uh, I don't. It would be definitely awkward. I saw his sister one day at a mall. You
2: know, we kind of looked at each other. You knew who each and other we was.
1: Paused. Yep. And we just went our way.
2: A quarter of a century later, what was the lesson learned? The rule that anything goes on daytime television reveals a cynical
1: <clears throat> pursuit of ratings over common decency.
0: There's Jerry Springer, <laughs> there's cheaters. I mean, there's those programs. So I don't know that we learned anything from it. You know, people like to watch other people get hurt.
2: Frank has been getting calls from all over the world to tell this story all these years later. They want to get me
1: on there to cry and ask me a few sad questions. You know, hopefully I'll be emotional. My family is the only people that walked away with nothing in this deal, and people are continuing to make money off my brother.
2: And people are still making money on tabloid television. Jim Kurtzner, 7 Action News.
0: I thank you, TV Station to for uploading that clip to YouTube. And I do want to know if you guys feel like, as the question posed in the clip, do you feel like we learned anything from this Jenny Jones situation? Because I do find it odd that let's bring somebody on TV and bush them about a potential crush. I watched a few other clips over the last few weeks doing research for Rusty with the Dog podcast and getting a few topics to discuss here on the first episode of Dirty Dog After Dark that I just find it fascinating that it was, as mentioned this clip that just aired, that that Schmitz had a mental he was mentally unwell and everybody at the What It Was Cool family is here for and stands up for mental illnesses and if you guys need anybody to talk to and you feel like you need somebody to talk to because you're going through a rough place in life mentally reach out to any of us here at WhatItWasCool.com and we are here to support anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter their religion, their sexuality, where they live. They work days like Carl Stern. They work nights like the Dirty Doc. It doesn't matter what you do, who you are. We're all here for one another. And I just bring that up because if that was an actual situation that was overlooked when the producers of the Jenny Chon show was talking to each potential guest to bring on to a episode of the show to talk about people who have same-sex attractions, same-sex crushes on you, on whoever, you know, it stuff like that should be looked upon. And growing up in the 90s, I know I really can't speak as well on it as other people, but what I... What I get from the different clips I watch, different news reports I watch about the whole Jenny Jones situation, it seemed like mental illness wasn't as widely accepted, as widely offered help like it is now in 2021, which is, I guess, a positive thing that situations like this occurred to help people with mental illness even though it sucks that somebody lost their life because of something so for the lack of better terminology for something silly. I understand that I understand the idea that Smith's was nationally embarrassed coming on a daytime TV show aired taped to air later on down the road and find out that his acquaintance has a same-sex attraction to him and publicly came up with fantasies that he wanted to do with him. I get that, but something like this by a shotgun and going to this person's residence isn't the answer. And I wanted to have, that, have this as a discussion point on the first episode of Dirty Dog After Dark because... Situ- situations like this should be talked about in a public forum. Situations like this should be avoided at all costs in regards to taking somebody else's life. Because life is fragile. We, each individual, has just one life. And it's easily can be taken away. As I mentioned the first part of the show the armed robbery in my hometown a few weeks ago. Life can be taken away just like that and no amount of money can bring back your loved one, anybody's loved one. And a national embarrassment is no excuse for taking somebody's life because you're embarrassed. Thankfully, it, that Episode of the Jenny Jones Show never made air, other than different clips being aired on national or local news stations and such. But altogether, I hope that we, as a nation, that we as the human kind, the human race, had learned that murder is not the answer. If we are embarrassed, we should reach out to people for help, for guidance, for grieving, to learn from the situation and to continue to move on. Because things like that should never, ever happen, no no matter what. And one thing I absolutely love and I guess enjoy whenever no Friender of the Thrash Metal Show on the What Cool Podcast Network does a episode of the Thrash Metal Show I love hearing people discuss music even if it's Carl Stern and his wonderful wife Tani does a Music Monday podcast exclusive to Patreon over at com. ...or any of the other podcasts... ...on the Winnie Was Cool Podcast Network... ...talk about music because... ...music is... ...can be easily related... ...it doesn't matter if it's... ...in your native tongue or not... ...music touches... ...the deepest... ...darkest... ...parts... ...of the soul... ...and one band... ...that I absolutely love... And came across why I saw Fozzie for the first time in Minneapolis back in 2014. And one of uh, Fozzie's opening acts in 2014 in Mill City Nights was Shaman's Harvest. And as of recording this in May of 2021, Shaman's Harvest came out with a new song called Bird Dog. And it is a heavier Song they are a Hard Rock band, and one thing I really enjoy about Shaman's Harvest, I guess the more of their later music, they added in a unique element to the music. I feel like a Indian kind of a like Indian as the country India, kind of to the kind of things to their music. It, if you hear it. I would suggest you guys check out Bird Dog and other songs of Shaman's Harvest. But it feels different than the normal, I guess modern, 2021 American, United States heavy metal. It, they are no, I'm dating myself here, Shaman's Harvest ain't no Metallica. Shaman's Harvest ain't no ACDC. Shaman's Harvest ain't no Fozzie. Ain't no Black Sabbath. But Shaman's Harvest is definitely a hard rock band. I encourage you guys to go and listen to, go and check out. And I just absolutely love the lyrics to Bird Dog by Shaman's Harvest. As I mentioned, just a recent release, a new song of theirs. And I have it pulled up in front of me. And here is the lyrics to Bird Dog by Shaman's Harvest. There's a black bird perched up on a black dog. And they're plotting your demise lazily in the backyard. And there's an old man keeps his money in his old bed. And he ain't handing out no prize Just takes it to his deathbed. He ain't waiting for no prize. Just takes it to his deathbed. Bring out a rose. Put down a rose. Lay down a rose in the cemetery. Bring out a rose. Put down a rose. Lay down a rose in the cemetery. There's a dirt road leading up to a dirt farm. The only harvest to the table From the pills made in the bathtub. And there's a warrior. His old buddies call him Gunny. Keeps his honor in a lockbox. Locked up in the basement. Keeps all his honor in a lockbox. Locked up in the basement. Bring out your guns. Put down your guns. Lay down your guns in the cemetery. Bring out your guns. Put down your guns. Lay down your guns in the cemetery. If you ever find yourself in Franklin County, won't you turn your, won't you turn your on back or you won't leave here above ground? Because there's a monster. It's feeding on the essence of every damn soul and never gets its fill. Oh, of every damn soul. It never gets its fill. Bring out your dead, put down your dead, lay down your dead in the cemetery. Bring out your dead, put down your dead, lay down your dead in the cemetery. Bring out a rose, put down your guns, lay down the dead in the cemetery. Bring out a rose, put down your guns, lay down the dead in the cemetery. That was heaven's harvest, bird dog. And besides, I'll see the chorus changing up. Brain out a rose, put down your guns, lay down the dead in the cemetery. I just love that. I love the story within Bird Dog by Shaman's Harvest because it tells me about, I guess, the evil in this world. The evil that could reside in you and me. The evil that could be outside, in the middle country of Alabama, or in India, or in Antarctica, or wherever in this world, in this known universe, and we got to lay down our anger. We all leave in this cemetery because bringing our own this negativity means nothing. It only will bring the death of us. If we carry this negativity and try to live it out. As, I guess, sadly, this negative edition of the first episode of Dirty Dog After Dark. I feel like Shun's Harvest sums up perfectly in Bird Dog about how we need to lay down any negativity behind us and move on and move forward and breathe in new life into ourselves into our culture, into our society, into our neighborhood, into our families, into our friends, into our universe. Because negativity should end here. And we should move forward from it because negativity is not the answer. Before I close the first edition of Dirty Dog After Dark, I do want to mention that, as discussed at the first part of the show, I am open to talk about different movie reviews, TV show reviews. I studied philosophy in college, and I really loved ethics. I really loved metaphysics. I loved the idea, uh, or the lack of existence of time. I love. Just anything and everything. I love metaphysical discussions. I love the- theology. I love talking about the existence of if we have free will. I love the existence of or the discussion of predestination. I love the discussion of of Calvinism and non-Calvinism and that kind of stuff and I also want this to be open forum of topics to discuss also with you guys you know, commenting on Twitter commenting on Patreon calling into the show when I record future editions of the podcast because again I don't want to be this, I don't want to be stereotyped into the idea that I am just a wrestling historian like Carl Stern which he does many more other podcasts like the Winnie School School podcast with Miss Tanya the flagship show of Winnie dot com or Dragon King Dark that he does. I'll see for winningwithschool.com, for f4wonline.com, and for Dark Matter Digital Network. But I want this episode, I want this show, Dirty Dog After Dark, to be our show, our community, our, our community that looks into other things outside of nostalgia pro wrestling. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in. For the first edition of Dirty Dog After After Dark coming to you from the overproduced podcast studios at FlareFlop.com in the middle of Minnesota. And will there be a future Dirty Dog After Dark? Only the existence or the unreality of time will tell. And for... Dirty dog after dark. I am the dirty dog Darcy. And the dog has left the building.